Hello, everyone. Welcome back to First Gen Friends. I, again, like always, I'm so excited for my next guest. She is a world traveler. She's a blogger. And she's just a really cool, down-to-earth, chill Latina that I'm so excited I got to meet and share her story. She is a first-generation Peruvian American currently residing in Budapest. We talk about her jet-setting life, how she ended up becoming a full-time world traveler, blogger, and all the things that have inspired her along the way. She also shares some cool, exciting projects that she's working on and how she plans to change the game for other solo Latina travelers. She also shares a creepy hostel story that honestly would have me shook. (laughs) And if you don't know anything about me, I am scared of everything, (laughs) including flying. I'm so excited to introduce my next guest. This is Flavia. My name is Flavia. I'm the blogger and content creator behind Latina Traveler. I've been traveling solo since I was about 15. That was the first time I ever took a trip on my own with people that I didn't know. And since then, I realized that I wanted to actually find a way to make it a career, but I had absolutely no idea how. So I went to university. I did all of the normal things that I guess we're always told that we have to do. And um but but if we really start at the beginning, where my family is from, <laughs> my parents are from Peru. Uh, they're from Lima, Peru, and they immigrated to the U.S. in the mid '80s. And where I was born, my sister and I were both born in the U.S. in New Jersey. Um, they left actually because of political reasons, as many people tend to leave their countries wherever they may be uh, from. And so my dad was actually a, a surgeon in Peru, and so when he came to the U.S. He first landed in Miami, and that was definitely a change. He worked at uh, cleaning the floors at the Aventura Mall in Miami, so that was definitely a big difference. Um, he never thought he would move to the U.S., um, Just, but because of his great aunt, he actually had the opportunity to do so without, um, I guess, having to cross the border illegally. He did uh, arrive in the U.S. with papers, so that wasn't an issue, but he didn't know the language. That that for him was the biggest issue. And even until today, like he speaks English, but he definitely doesn't feel as comfortable expressing himself in it. And in a way, partially because he wanted my sister and I to be rather fluent in Spanish. So I only speak to them, to both my parents in Spanish, because it also helps me in a way to continue practicing just because in my day-to-day, I don't have that many people that I'm speaking Spanish with. So it definitely helps me. That is so admirable of your father to come to this country with obviously a very great career in Lima. Where is he now and what is he, did he get to go back into the medical field? What was that journey like for him? Um, It was hard. He tried to study and take the test to become a doctor in the U.S., Um, But unfortunately, due to having to work to just live and um, also help my mom come to the U.S., she because they got married after he had been here for a year. He went during Thanksgiving, actually. So they got married that year, Thanksgiving, but in Peru. And then they had to file the paperwork and that all like takes time and and money and everything um, to do so. And obviously, at the time, there wasn't any Wi-Fi or WhatsApp. So when they called, it was like a very rare moment to call each other. And then if anything, they would write letters. 
it definitely took some time for him to be able to study. I think it wasn't even until after I was born or maybe around the time that I was born that he, instead of becoming a doctor, he uh, ended up working as an ultrasound technician. So he was doing that. So it was the medical field. It just wasn't remotely close to what he had been doing beforehand. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think there's definitely parents that have made a lot of different sacrifices. I think at the time he knew that things were just going to be really difficult if he decided to stay and have the family in Peru. And did you have family here in New Jersey when you were growing up or was it just your family? Um, yeah, I had a couple cousins who ended up a couple years later moving down to Miami. Um, so I was very little, maybe three or four when they ended up leaving. And we had some other distant cousins that I felt like I grew up around, but definitely not as much as I would have had I lived in Lima. Most of my mom's family is still in Lima uh, with a couple exceptions. And with my dad's family, a lot of them have left. So a lot of them are dispersed throughout the U.S. And then there's also some in Europe. That's really cool. So do you get to go visit them? Yeah, growing up, um, my sister and I, we would go down to Peru every summer. And then we would also road trip around the US a bit with my parents to go see family. Like we had family in DC and LA and Denver. And there were times where we would just drive to Denver or drive to Miami. So that was that was definitely fun. It was different. My parents had a station wagon at the time, and they would like put the um, back seats down and put a mattress on top. And so we would because there was no like TVs in the cars at that time, uh, we would play cards or sleep or, yeah, do things like that while my dad drove. <laughs> wow, that's a, that must have been a really cool childhood memory for you. Yeah, I look, I look back on it and I really enjoyed those moments. Were there any other things that inspired you as a child to start traveling or was that later in life for you? I mean, definitely those moments of like going to Peru – road tripping around the U.S., like already started to kind of bring that idea of travel as like something that was possible, even though it was never really to do anything super crazy. Like we did go to Disney, I think once, but when I was 10 or so. Um, but before then, it was only really just to see family. But even then, it was still really cool to go see different places that I had never, you know, really heard of or seen before. And we would see it like out the the car window or out of a plane window. So definitely those like experiences growing up. I'm curious when you were younger growing up with your road trips and you got to experience travel, was there anything that you dreamed about that maybe you didn't have? What was your American dream? And did you even know that there was this thing of an American dream that existed? So I think like at least maybe maybe based on like my dad's education or like what he had already gone through in Peru prior to coming to the US. Um, I would hear him a lot of times say that people that would come, he mainly was talking about people from Peru, but like people from Latin America in general, that they would come like engañados, like kind of like scammed by what was the American dream, being told that like, you know, money grows on trees or things are just really easy while it really is a lot of hard work to get to a certain point. So I kind of internalized that and we, it's not like we had really fancy things or anything like that. We definitely had enough to like live and, and accommodation and food and everything like that. We never needed for any of that, but we never um, splurged on like new cars or fancy like electronics or things like that I think growing up the only like game console I ever had was um 
a GameCube and I think it was like the cheapest, most basic one. Like I never had a PlayStation or a Nintendo 64, which I always wanted because everyone had a Nintendo 64, but I never got that. My parents were like, no, because we're, we have to go see family or we have to go like, we're saving for this. Like, so it was more about prioritizing certain things. We never prioritized like those types of luxuries. And as I grew up, though, I realized I actually didn't really want that. It felt more like something to kind of show off if, if I were to get that eventually or something. And I didn't really feel like I needed it. I, of course, like when you're a child, like you want certain things, but you grow up and like, I mean, now I don't have time to play Nintendo 64, even if I had it. Like, So um, it definitely changed. And for me, my dream really became like to travel more. Like I wanted to see more places and do these things that my peers at the mo- at the time weren't really doing. Um, so it was, it definitely changed. When I think of the American dream, I think of like a house and a white picket fence and the car. And for some reason, it looks more like the 50s than anything. <laughs> but um, for me, I don't feel like I have an American dream. I feel like I have my dream. And my dream is to travel and get paid to visit all of these different destinations and write about it, talk about it, and ideally empower other Latinas to do that as well, just because that's what why I do this, because I want more Latinas to feel comfortable in this space, feel represented, and to know that there are other people that have done this, and it's not something to think that is way too out of your, like, I guess, your reality, and that it is attainable. So being a travel content creator, what do your days look like? Today was like a really crazy day, actually. And it's kind of similar to what some days are. I've been writing a lot, like whether it's captions, blog posts, or ideas. Whenever an idea comes to my head, I have like running notes on my phone for literally everything. I'm currently also freelancing. I don't fully live off of this yet. So I am doing a couple of other things. I'm working with another Latina um, content creator and I help her with like certain parts of her business, um, like more on like the back end things, but like helping run it, which also helps me because she's been doing this so much longer than I have. And I definitely feel like I'm learning so much from her. And then I'm also working on the Women's Travel Fest. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's actually going to be in New York next month. I'm helping run like the social media and some other back end things with that as well, which has been really cool because I went to the first one uh, 10 years ago and now I'm helping with this one. So I feel like that's pretty full circle moment for me right there. Oh, that's so exciting. If you have time, we should totally try to get (laughs) coffee or something. Yeah, definitely. So given that, you know, so you mentioned that today was crazy. So what is the your typical day when it comes to creating content? Are you writing mostly? Are you taking photos? Do you get to unplug at all? Like, what does it look like? Is it exhausting? It kind of can be. I mean, sometimes like I feel like my mind never really turns off. Like today, actually, one of the things that we were going to do, which we didn't um, with my boyfriend, I'm living with him here. Uh, he wanted to go to this flea market, like a little bit outside of the city. And uh, we didn't get a chance to go, but I was thinking like, okay, it's sunny. This is great. Like I can do a video out of this. <laughs> so my mind is really thinking always like, how can I create this into content? How can I kind of sell this, like not sell it, but like show it or demonstrate it in a way that's fun, enjoyable, um, 
And if they go to this place, like, what are people going to get out of this? Like, is it worth it? So I think of ideas on like how I can make this into a video, a blog post, uh, even like a reel or TikTok. And then sometimes I can think it, like take videos of it. And when the whole thing has actually happened, realize that there's actually no real story there. (laughs) And then in the end, do absolutely nothing with it if I felt like it definitely wasn't worth it. Like for me, then I'm not going to tell other people like, oh yeah, go do this too. <laughs> so yeah, I, when I, I went to Madrid last two weeks ago, I was also thinking like that. So I feel like in that way, I've kind of shifted my mind in a way that it never really stops working. And that part is a little bit exhausting, but I do enjoy it more than if I were to be in an office and had to think about things that I genuinely don't care about at all. Um, I love going to coffee shops when I go to different cities, different towns and everything, and just kind of sitting and seeing what life is like there instead of just Mm -hmm. always trying to be in it. So that's definitely a way I use to unplug. Um, Unfortunately, though, when I sit and and try and unplug my mind, because I'm not physically moving and exerting my body, my mind is then like going so fast and I'm thinking, okay, so I need to write this before I forget and that. So it's, it's, it is sometimes hard to find like a full real balance, but it is something I'm more actively working towards because I want to enjoy the moment as it is, which is why I don't also post in real time for, for that and for safety reasons as well because I'd rather actually enjoy it instead of thinking, okay, I need to write it this way or post it right now. And then I just do so later. Who are some of the creators that inspire you? There's the wild explorer, Janine. She's from California. She, um, she's actually one that I'm working with, but I'm really glad that I am working with her because uh, I've really enjoyed her content. She's been doing this for, I think almost a decade blogging and everything. And it's just been really great now working with her and kind of like seeing how her brain works on the back end with certain things because I mean I jumped into this the first time also 10 years ago but I stopped because I realized I had no set plan so now seeing somebody who's been actively doing it for so long and how far you can get and the different opportunities that can arise with that has been really inspiring for me Um, another one is Adventurous Kate. She's more a blogger, but I think she's one of the first bloggers I ever heard of about 10 years ago. And at that point she had been doing it for five or six years. And then I actually met her in Czech Republic back in September. So that was really cool to like see her in person. That's really nice that you get to have this community of people that you, that inspired you and now you get to work with them and take them as like your mentor. And I'm glad that now with social media and everything, it's so much easier to connect with people that are doing similar things. Because when I have conversations now with people that don't do anything related to what I do, it's like we live in totally different worlds. It's so crazy to me when I'm like, wow, you go to the office every day and and you're commuting and then you go home and you just, you know, watch Netflix. (laughs) It's like my life just feels so different at this point. Yeah, you're like, you're like, what's a nine to five? I work a 24 <laughs> seven. Pretty much. Literally, like, I my mind's always going. <laughs> I forgot to ask you at the beginning of this, but where are you now? I'm right now in Budapest, Hungary. So about six hours uh, ahead of New York right now. And you're probably going somewhere cool after this. <laughs> oh, I will be working on way more things that I haven't done yet on my to-do list. <laughs> 
But that's nice because you're there for a long time. So you get to feel like a local versus when I travel, I'm there for four days and I'm like, okay, I want to see this. I want to go here. I want, you know, I'm not really relaxing, which I think is the benefit to living somewhere. Yeah, for sure. No, I definitely enjoy slow travel a lot more because I get, I do get burnt out if I'm going from place to place and then trying to do all the things I, I need to do plus enjoy and see and be in the moment that that's just too much I I couldn't do it but my so my issue is when I travel I want to go because I want to see it I don't have fun but then by like day four or five I miss being home like I'm such a homebody Mm. but I like to travel quickly (laughs) (laughs) so you're like okay racing okay now I can go home (laughs) we went to Paris for 72 hours like we were there three nights we took a flight that got us here at 9 a.m and we just did all the things and it was honestly like a really cool shock to our system and it was the first trip we did after the pandemic so we hadn't been anywhere in a while so it was like a nice in and out from new york which is nice living in new york because you have the international airports yeah um so you're just like one direct flight and you're where you want to be Exactly. Yeah, no, New York is great. There's so many cheap flights that I found from the New York area, like Newark. I mainly fly in and out of Newark, but so many great flights. What are other projects that you have going on that you're excited about? Um, I think definitely working with the Women's Travel Fest, as I had mentioned, I'm super excited about doing that. I'm also in the uh, process of launching a membership. I've been kind of taking notes as I do with different things. I want to create two different types of memberships, one more for like content creators and like tips on like mindset and things that they could do themselves to implement for their own business, but then also for solo travelers or first time solo travelers, or even if they've done it, but they still feel like they need a community um, to be more of like that person or create like that community for them. And so that they have somewhere to go, people to talk with, and just having that support and encouragement that maybe they don't get at home. What would you say is your main audience that you have? Like, is it aspiring travelers? Is it current travelers? Yeah, um, it's definitely um, primarily women, women that are like in finishing college, like about their mid 30s or so who either have traveled but never have traveled alone and are looking to to do that, whether because they don't have somebody to accompany them or they're really interested in, in doing and in venturing into that. Um, but then also people that uh, are interested in places that aren't as usual or aren't as popular. I'm really trying to now focus more on smaller towns, smaller cities, like not so much like the bigger known places, because I, I feel like for a mix of reasons. One, because I have gone to a lot of them. And so now I don't find them as fun as smaller places that aren't as explored. And two, because I think that tourism should also be reached in these smaller places. Like the people that are there, those communities could really benefit from people traveling to them and not only going to like the same places over and over again. It really depends on people's interests. Like some people are going to just want to do the certain things, which I think is great. Like they're popular, obviously, for a reason. Like that's why they're known, right? Um, But then there are going to be people who are more interested in finding those like more hidden gems. I like and dislike that word at the same time. But yeah, so those little spots that aren't as well known and are going to want to explore those areas more. So 
it really just depends on interests on like other, you know, trips that you've done. Like if you had great experiences in bigger cities or if you really had good experiences in smaller ones, it, it really depends on each person. But yeah, my focus is more starting to talk about those locations, um, getting them more, creating more awareness for them. And so that other people will be interested enough to want to actually visit them. Okay. So now I know who to go to when I need those locations. It's you. <laughs> Yeah, now that I'm going to be in Hungary for a while, I'm going to be exploring more than just Budapest, even though I am living in the capital. I'm, I, I'm working on a blog post for a small city that we went to last week. And that was actually really cool. I had no expectations whatsoever. But we were going for uh, my boyfriend's writers uh, conference. And we got a chance to explore. And honestly, I really liked it. I actually would go back when it's warmer. It was kind of cold and it snowed a little bit. But I think it would be a great experience um, in warmer weather. Do you ever feel unsafe in any of these places that you go when you go by yourself? And do you highlight those things in your blog? Yeah, I hadn't, um, like I've written some posts where I would kind of caption it like where it was like my solo experience in X place or um, my, yeah, my experience there. But I, in all of the other posts that I have done, I'm going to include now a section because I feel like that's important. And sometimes like it may not be as obvious that I did go there by myself if I'm not like actually stating it. So I do want to include a section where I talk about that specifically as like a woman traveling alone in these places. Because for the most part, I have felt really safe. And I feel like people are tend to be even nicer when I'm traveling by myself because they're like, oh, they like worry that something could happen just because I think they would think that women, some, <laughs> some women shouldn't travel by themselves. Um, but there are some places where not so like unsafe, but maybe unsafe things could have happened. I definitely try and walk with confidence. So like, even if I have no idea where I'm going, I'm like, this is where I have to go and I'm going here. And I just like walk as if I know. And I've had people ask me, even here in Budapest, like, oh, do you know where this street is? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> and they're like, okay. But I'm just like, I'm going. <laughs> and I'm like, I'd rather make a whole like loop around the block or like go the wrong way for three blocks while I figure it out. But I'm like, I'm just gonna go. <laughs> No, I mean, I definitely, in my mind, I'm thinking it. I'm like, oh my God, I actually have no idea where I'm going. What if I end up somewhere where I shouldn't be? But then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to walk. And then when I can, I'll just kind of glance at the map and see where I have to go and everything. But otherwise, I'm just walking with confidence and I will figure it out eventually. Like if I'm totally going the wrong way, I know <laughs> I'm going to have to just turn around. But instead of walking on the same side of the street, I'll like purposely cross the other side or I'll like walk a block over instead of having to pass the same people I like think about these things so I'm just like already like they're gonna know I don't know so I have to be one block over that's a woman's intuition or a Latina thing I don't know we just are very good at knowing and thinking ahead so that people can't scam us always yeah exactly <laughs> I'm like no they're gonna know I don't know <laughs> I need to I need to think ahead <laughs> Do you have a scary experience that you'd, you'd share? So actually, when I was just in Madrid, I was staying at a hostel and I'd gone for a travel conference. And so I spent most like of the day time there. But then the last couple of days, I was just going to be in the city. There were some things I had to work on, but I met some people from that hostel and I went out with them and everything. 
And the last night that I was there, I was leaving like the next morning. The bed next to me had been a girl. I don't know where she was from. I never talked to her, but she left like that day before I was leaving. And so this elder man ended up occupying that bed. And I'd met him for like a moment. Like it was fine. It was a mixed room because I'm annoyed that hostels charge more for just female only dorms. Like they should not charge more for female only dorms for us than be safe. But that's another story. (laughs) And so like he seemed fine. I talked to him for like two minutes if so. And then I didn't see him again. The next morning, this loud snoring woke me up. And I was like, really annoyed by because I know that can happen and people make noise and stuff. But I was just like, Ugh. I wanted to see where it was coming from because it sounded really loud. And when I got up a little bit and I turned because my bed was like in the corner, like a bottom bunk in the corner. And I turned a little bit. This elder man was like touching himself, like completely uncovered, completely just out in the open. And I was like, and I, I had to do a double take because I didn't like fully believe it and registered at first. And then I was like, oh my God, that, that is happening. <laughs> that is happening right now. And then, and then I hear his phone and he's like listening to something, possibly a phone call or porn. I don't know. But then he realizes that I'm awake and he tries to talk to me. And I'm just like, oh my God, do not talk to me. <laughs> Don't talk to me. Like, what is this? And in that moment, I was worried that he was going to like come to my bed or something. And I was like, what do I do? Like, thankfully that didn't happen. And I was just kind of laying there. I was texting one of the guys that I had met the day before who was in that same room, but who wasn't in the room. Cause I was going to be like, Hey, can you like go tell somebody about this? So like they can get him out and I can get out of here or something or just be around so that I can grab my stuff and just go. Um, but there were three other French girls who had been in the room who I guess didn't come back to the room because they must've witnessed this at some point. And um, they had complained to the front desk. And they, um, the receptionist came with them so that they could grab their stuff. And I took the opportunity there to grab all my things and like, just get out. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And you, cause <laughs> yeah. you never know, you never know, but you're not in that room alone with him. There's other people in there. No, room. no, there's other people there, but they're sleeping. They were all sleeping. Yeah. It was like at six Jeez. or seven in the morning or something. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. I would not know what to do. I would just freeze and like pray. I wasn't nothing was going to happen to me. Yeah. I mean, for a while I did. I was like, I, I'm in this corner. Like if I literally right. get up, he's just right there. So I'm like, right. I'm just stuck here. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, Do you have a favorite location that you've been to that you'll always go back to? Oh, okay. Um, well, I'll always go back to Peru, to Lima. And just because, I mean, aside from just family, it's really just, maybe because I've seen it and been there so many times that it's just kind of like, it has a really special place in my heart because of that. Um, but I think aside from that, like just special place now. Um, so back in 92, so when I was born, my grandma that year, she went to Egypt and she took a picture in front of the pyramids. And then in 2019, I went to Egypt and I tried to take a similar photo as hers And my dad was just in Egypt last month and he took a similar photo. So now there's like three generations of us there with a similar photo. Oh, that's so nice. 
There's a, a couple other pictures that I have of her in like I think one in Greece and then one somewhere else that I would love to like recreate those photos. Yeah, that's really sweet. Yeah, it is because it's kind of like you're in the same space that your your like family has been there like years beforehand. It's just yeah. decades, yeah. decades, decades before, which is cool. So I do have one last question for you. What advice would you give to a younger Flavia about just life and travel and her dreams or anything like that, that, you know, maybe she didn't have back then? Yeah, um, I used to be very just shy. And a lot of my family still sees me the same way. And I think different people, depending on when they've met me or how they've met me, may see me that way or differently. Um, I would tell myself to just be less worried about what other people think. Like now I feel like I don't care at all, but I used to care like too much for literally no reason because it ne it's not like it affected my way in a positive way caring so much. So to care less about what people think of me or like what I'm doing. Um, I knew that when I started this journey, like people were going to tell me I was like crazy, like, Estás loca? like, why are you doing this? Like what you should just be looking to start a family and, you know, just doing the traditional things that people always do. Um, but yeah, so to not care about what other people think, because at the end of the day, it's my life, it's your life. Like, in the end, we have to be happy with our own decisions and what we do. Um, and then just go for the things that scare you in a way, but that you really want. Because I would rather know that I tried something and maybe failed at it or did it terribly wrong. But at least that little like, and like ese gusanito like that you have that you're like oh it's like kind of bothering me like oh should I do it should I not do it and then I can just kind of like not worry about the having not done it part because I did it whether it failed whether it went great or something like I did it I put myself out there I went after what I wanted and I think that everybody should do that too Are you, are you afraid of flying? Because I have a severe fear of flying, but I love to go places. <laughs> no, I actually, I'm not, not afraid of flying. Um, I actually kind of enjoy it. I, I think it's going to be a little crazy. Some people, obviously most people don't like turbulence, but turbulence doesn't scare me. <laughs> I feel like I love that stomach drop. It feels like a roller coaster. <laughs> I die every time there's a little movement. <laughs> Anytime that there's like severe turbulence, I hold the person's hand that sits next to me and it could be a complete stranger. 